Hello there, this is the Wired to Love podcast. We are discussing Father Martin Connor's book, Reclaiming Love, Connecting the Head and the Heart. Join the conversation about love, healing, and relationships. All human beings have the desire to love and to be loved. It is written into our very being. Yet, human loves seek satisfaction. This desire is not satisfied with mere physical connection, as our culture so often seems to tell us. Deep down, all of me wants to love and be loved. Genuine human love demands human connection, and this human connection leads ultimately to divine connection. Wired to Love is a rally call to challenge today's distorted view of love by letting human experience speak for itself. In episode 5 of Wired to Love, we'll be speaking about the role of our emotions in healthy love. Here's our question for today. What are the emotions and how does our culture view them? This is Father Martin Connor. I'm a Catholic priest inspired by the theology of the body teachings. I've dedicated myself the last 20 years or so walking with young people and married couples on their journey to strive for authentic love. Hi, this is Sarah. I am a professional working here in Atlanta, and I also have a passion for theology of the body and relationships. And hey there, this is Joseph Zuniga. I live and work here in Atlanta with my brand new wife. We just got married a few months ago. I'm really excited to be taking part in this podcast. Welcome to the Wired to Love podcast. This is Father Mark Connor, and we're going to today uh, talk through uh, the role of our emotions and, and, and maybe some of the prejudices that we often deal with um, in our emotional world, but obviously uh, trying to reflect on how they participate and contribute in a healthy way to that fuller expression of love, that gift of self which um, is so central to this podcast, Wired to Love. That is what God is calling us to. He's wired us literally to give and receive love. And we know it's so fundamental to our happiness uh, to, to be able to learn and grow into that healthy, balanced love, um, that gift of self. So I uh, want to just welcome uh, Joe uh, Zunik, who's with us, and Sarah. Welcome the, the two of you to podcast and thanks for contributing appreciate that very much so what i what i thought we would do today is let me just talk a little bit a little intro to the theme and then we can speak uh each of us to it um in our own way in our own experiences uh, remembering that what we're trying to do is look at human experience and and how it tells us what healthy love should look like versus the unhealthy side of things, uh, which we, we can all fall into as well. Um, so we're today um, just looking at emotions and, and, and the role of our emotions in, in the human person and in, in love. Well, what are emotions? Well, I, defined in the Reclaiming Love book uh, after, um, you know, a lot of study and a lot of reflection with um, the people that I interviewed, 
um, and to keep it really simple, right, for, for ourselves, for our listeners, um, I, I just define emotions as the psychic movements within the human person which produced motion and energy to help us in life. And I want to emphasize that, help. They're meant to help us in life. They're, they're God-given, right? And they're meant to enrich our life and particularly how we love. Uh, I think this is important. Our emotions are motors and they cause us to move, right? And um, I think what's really important here is uh, that they're fundamentally human. They're not bad or they're, they're not good. They're neutral. They're part of our wiring as human beings. Um, and uh, we have to accept them and embrace them for what they are because they've been given to us for a reason. They're, they're meant to enrich our lives. I, I, I look at emotions like sensors, right? They help our reason detect things that are important to us. And when we're talking about love, love merely uh, from our intelligence, our head, right? That doesn't include our emotions. Well, that's not good, right? That can even be dangerous. And that can result in a love that is incomplete. Uh, so it's really important to pay attention um, to our emotions because they really point to things that we care about, um, and and not. Uh, uh, so I I, I want to just maybe pause there and maybe look a little bit at what um, you know we may hear or what we've experienced about um, emotions in general from human experience. Uh, Maybe, Sarah, we talk, you know, you're a, a single young woman in the professional world. Um, maybe from your own experience, you know, uh, give, give me what your, your thoughts are on, on what I've said or whatever came to you while we, were, while we introduced the theme. Yeah, so I think emotions um, can definitely be misunderstood in today's culture. Um, and... Yeah, there really is sometimes this, um, I would say, misunderstanding um, towards emotions, especially between men and women. Like Mm. in your book, I believe you mentioned, Father Martin, just that, yeah, women were sometimes, you know, encouraged to just follow our emotions and and act on those um, and that our emotions are normal and it's okay to, like, act a certain way because we feel a certain way and then Mm -hmm. for men I think there is I think it's getting better um as more men just understand the importance of mental health and healthy relationships and healthy healthy living and understanding of their own self um but I think in general there has been kind of this um yeah, understanding for men to just repress their emotions, that their emotions are bad, and um, that, you know, it's almost like a, a feminine thing to to feel these emotions and, and allow them themselves to act on those. Um, right. Yeah, but I do like how you said and how we understand that emotions are neutral. Um they're from God. So sometimes I, I get, I think even a little bit confused myself, like what do I do with these emotions when I feel them? Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they move us. I, I like how in your book you said, um, you know, they produce motion and energy. 
to help us move in life. And, and I think that's a good way to kind of see emotion, you know, energy starts with E and then motion. You put that together, it's emotion. (laughs) And yeah. And, um, as a woman, I think I've had to learn, um, you know, I'm in my, my mid to late twenties. I've had to learn, um, just that the emotions I have, yeah, can, can guide me and lead me, but they should not, should not rule me. And, um, I need to learn to reflect on my emotions when I feel them and not impulsively, um, yeah, just do something because I feel a certain way. Um, sometimes even as a woman, you know, like we're on a cycle and, and we'll sometimes feel emotions maybe at a certain point points in our cycle that are irrational and, um, and they, that makes it difficult for us to be able to act, um, in a rational way. And we kind of have to just understand that as women, that that's normal for us. And, you know, just to be able to take this time to reflect on our emotions and, um, and allow them to guide us when we, when we really look at a situation and, and yeah, just make sure that we're, we're using them in a healthy way, if that makes sense. Right. And I, I want to go back, uh, if I may, Sarah, to something you said there, because, uh, I mean, the, I, I kind of introduced the whole idea of prejudices, right, about um, emotions. And, and actually, men and women, you said it perfectly, that uh, there's this typical prejudice where women are just that way and they're, they're going to give into their emotions and we just have to deal with it. Right. And men, well, stop being a sissy and, and get a hold of yourself and don't be a. So there's definitely these types of thinking i'm sure i'm sure joe uh, you can speak to that as well um as a recently married man and just being in the work world um how how some of that is true you hear that or you you know you 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 may even see it in other people's behavior um tell me your thoughts on 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 what we've spoken there yeah it's i've man i've learned a lot in in just the the short amount of time that i've been married um but it's been an incredible learning experience because it's not only um lessons of of reflection that I have to to take upon myself to learn about, you know, my own emotions and and how I interact with them. That's been the story of my life up until now. But now that I'm living with somebody and and caring for her and vowed my life to her, I also have to kind of take into consideration how my emotions are interacting with, with her, with Mary. Mm. And, um, and so it's not just me in my own head anymore. It's me and me inside my head. And then trying to figure out how to, how to use those emotions in my, in my relationship now. Um, and I think it can be kind of, I think in culture, emotions are just, it can be kind of confusing because we, you know, we live in a country of 300 plus million people. And there are a lot of notions about emotion that we, that we hear about, you know, you hear things as wild as, as, uh, happiness is a choice or, um, follow, you know, always follow your passions and dreams, or, you know, there's even, you know, strong movements of, of stoicism in, in the secular life. So, um, I think as a, as a guy, especially it's, there's, um, sometimes it's not even a a matter of people telling, telling me that I need to like, you know, toughen up and, 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 uh, bear grin and bear it. Um, but, but often there's a feeling of duty, you know, especially as a, as a husband, if I need to to care for my wife in some way, 
I feel like I need to um, kind of slough off what I'm feeling and just, you know, get the job done. Um, yeah. And so it's, it can be, it can be difficult to, you know, to decide how to react to, um, to what you're feeling in those kind of circumstances. And, uh, I think it's easy to, to get into this feeling of, um, or this attitude towards emotion, like, okay, my emotions are neutral. And if they're good emotions, I can hop on that train and ride it as long as it lasts. And then if my emotions are negative in some way, I need to hop off and ignore them. Um, and so you're kind of going, you know, on a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, mm. But I think in, I think in, um, in marriage, especially what I've been, the biggest takeaway that I've been learning is that our emotions, like you said, are, are kind of act as indicators. And I really have been trying to learn from them. I think, I think our emotions really are trying to tell us something. And if you take the time to reflect on them, you can actually learn why you're feeling a certain way, positive or negative. And that can really help to inform you on how to act on them. Uh, whether it's something, um, you know, sometimes you're feeling unhappy because you're feeling selfish and you realize there's a, there's a underlying attitude of selfishness that's making me upset that I'm not getting my way. Um, mm. whereas another, you can spin that around and there could be another time when you're feeling, um, upset about something and you realize that maybe your own needs aren't being met in, in one way or another, and you can actually bring that up. So, you know, right. in, right. um, in, in my relationship, I've, I've learned a lot from that, just different circumstances coming up, um, where I'm feeling something negative and I just have to kind of think like, why am I, why am I feeling this way? Um, why am I upset about X? situation. Um, and it's really informed me about my inner attitudes and dispositions. And, and that's really um, taught me a lot and helped me to kind of um, mechanize those emotions for, for the better. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, excellent. I, I just, uh, one thing I want to just note that both of you referred to is how so often today uh, our emotional world um, is seen negative. And, 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 and so when we say our emotions are neutral, what we mean is they, um, is that they're going to, they come upon us, right. In different moments, I get sad, for example, when, I don't know, when, when my dog suffers or my dog has died, or I get joyful when I get a good grade in, in, in my exams or whatever, they come upon us, right. They're, they're not something that we can kind of conjure up their responses to the world around us uh, inside and outside of us. So um, we don't have quote unquote control over them. So that's how they're neutral. It's, it's, I'm not choosing them, right? I don't choose to get sad. I should be getting sad naturally from a situation that um, creates sadness in me naturally. And I should be joyful when something good happens in my life. So it's a very natural and uh, human reality that we're, we're dealing with here, where, where it becomes non-neutral or moral or good or bad is when I choose to act on those emotions in ways that hurt me, right? That, that's when our emotions play into, let's say, the morality of our action, that they, they got angry or they got, you know, they were sad and as if it was a sin. No, 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 no. 
you know, it's perfectly normal and human to to be sad and even to be angry at things that have hurt you, right? It's it's another thing altogether when we act on those emotions in in ways that are not helpful uh, or healthy for us. Do you two understand that distinction? I think it's it's an important distinction for um, uh, for people out there because it's a lot like we've talked about. There's a lot of kind of misinformation and confusion. I think it's super important, especially in a relationship. And it doesn't, I mean, I'm, I, I can speak to my uh, relationship with my wife, but I think any relationship, this, this will come up where you might, you might like when I'm dealing with, um, with my wife, Mary, if she's upset about something, it's really, really important to, um, to hear her and to listen to what, what the upsetting mm-hmm. thing is whether she's, she might be upset with me about something or upset in general. And um, it can be really easy to, you know, if you're used to repressing negative emotion yourself to just want the other person to not feel bad and, and, to, and to try to get rid of that issue. Um, but a lot of times um, there are, there are real reasons for it. And it's not always apparent. Sometimes you have to um, dig deep. There's sometimes emotions that, that come from, um, woundedness or, or experiences from the past that are, that are triggering or, um, right. there are emotions that, that can come up for any myriad of reasons and, um, being able to, to listen and, and allow those emotions to just be felt, um, by the other is, is right. supremely important because otherwise you're going to be just in a constant battle of, we need to get rid of this negativity or this, mm. this, um, mm this bad feeling and, and try to try to fix it. Um, and you can try to remedy the situation too quickly with by repression or by trying to forget about it or move on. And, um, and so there's just, right. I think there's a lot you can learn. It's an important point, Joe, that you're saying, I think one of the, one of the key things of understanding our emotional world is that we talk about it, right? I think that's a beautiful thing you just mentioned with regards to your married life is that it. You know, it forces you, so to speak, to bring things up that maybe, you know, in another con- in context, you wouldn't. In a case as, a, as men, men are not readily open about how they feel. They don't even know how sometimes to talk about it, where women generally are, are much more prone to be able to express and understand themselves in that way and process in a healthy way what they're, what they're feeling. Maybe, maybe, Sarah, you could talk a little bit about that, how maybe with your friends or your family, when you go through difficult times, how, you know, processing what you're actually feeling helps you then kind of react or choose, choose in a more healthy way rather than a reactive way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to actually talk about. Um, Yeah. You know, we all um, come from imperfect situations, imperfect parents, and we've all had situations in our life that have impacted us and um, we may come from a background or have had unhealthy friendships that where those people and those relationships um, didn't respond in a healthy way to their emotions when they felt them and that you know the way we learn (laughs) how to respond to our emotions is by seeing others in our lives and mimicking that or implementing the way that they 
respond to their emotions in our own life. So I think there is this um, relearning that sometimes needs to happen or, yeah, just, yeah, I guess relearning is the best word that I can come up with on, on how to respond to those emotions because, um, yeah, there is a healthy way to do it and there is an unhealthy way. And um, sometimes we may have just been dealing with this woundedness and this um, this way of responding that may not have been the best way growing up. And um, And I think when we have people in our lives who are good friends and who are good mentors, we're able to overcome that and we're able to learn um, the best way to respond to our emotions. Totally. I think one of the things also we should really keep in mind is, um, you know, when Christianity reflects and has reflected on the emotional world, um, it, it, you know, we often, we often can see what we, we, we hear the, the church teaching. Uh, we don't, we don't often see or hear the, the truth of that. We only see, uh, and hear the, opinions of others or the actions of others and then we identify them being as what the church teaches and that's that's not true so for example just just take for example the emotional world and what the what like uh, someone like thomas aquinas taught on it right very interesting when you study a little bit about um his treaties on the passions but he's got a, a very balanced and harmonious um perspective on the role of the emotions in the human person right yet we can see all kinds of aberrations uh, in people who believe and people who practice their faith and, and as if that's the way Christians are meant to live their emotional life. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's not. So it's, I think it's important to remember that uh, the, the teachings of the church have always seen the richness and the need to, um, y- you know, uh, apply or channel, channel, your emotions in a healthy way towards um, virtuous and loving behavior. It's often the bad example, right? And the failings of each of us in that area where um, you can get kind of an skewed belief. So it's important to know that um, uh, from the very beginning, the anthropology or the human, yeah, the human, the teachings about the human person from the side of Christianity and the Catholic church has always seen uh, seeing the person and the, and the, the emotional con- the content as being healthy and integrated and God-given, right? And not not something that's negative uh, or to be poo-pooed or repressed um, or seen in any extreme way. That that stuff comes from our own human weakness and, and people's pers- opinions. I just think it's important to mention that because we can identify one with the other, and that's not necessarily true. Do you, do you follow me on that? Yeah, definitely, and and I think I think being able to um, to bring your emotions into prayer is actually, at least for me, has been an incredible um, experience of approaching approaching prayer and approaching my spiritual life a little bit more holistically. Um, where if I'm suffering through something and I need to pray about it, if I'm able to dig a little deeper and, and understand why I'm struggling emotionally mm, with something, like- I'm able to bring that to prayer instead of just Lord make me a happy person, you know? Um, so it's not just, Hey, like, you know, Lord, I feel confused right now because I 
I feel like my duty is this, but I feel like going the other way. Um, mm. You can dig a little deeper and see like, oh, actually, you know, you have expectations about, about, um, you know, whatever the case may be, I guess I'm being kind of vague right now, but sometimes you can have expectations that, that maybe aren't, um, aren't the best thing for you. You can realize that. And then you can just, you can bring that misalignment and say like, I, you know, I feel this way and I know I'm wrong. Help me to, you know, help to heal my perspective. Right. right. Um, Joe, I think you said something really powerful there um, about the prayer and, just think about our, our Lord. Let's think about Jesus and the raising of Lazarus, right? It's one of the few moments in the gospel where he cried, like deep, deep sadness in the heart of Jesus himself. And what did he do with that sadness? He brought it to a prayer to his father, right? That, and I think what you're saying is really important, that our emotions are pointing to something that is important to us. So in your case, you didn't know why you were getting upset or you needed time to process it and find out what that was. And in prayer, that's precisely what happens, right? It surfaces, ah, this is why I reacted this way, or this is why this is important to me. And to see it within a context so that you can then hopefully in a healthy way, act upon it. Right? That's kind of what you were getting at, I'm guessing, with the, your prayer example? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I just think it's a much healthier way to deal with um, things that are tough. Um, I think the, the, the classic, at least the way I grew up, um, you know, the classic Catholic emotional or Christian emotional repression is just offer it up. You know, like you can just kind of stop at that, just offer, offer it up. You, you're feeling sulky, offer it up. And, uh, and you can move a little bit beyond that and, and you can offer it up, of course, but just, you know, getting to the, to the reason of why. Mm. And, and uh, a quick note on the, on the why of emotion, if I could just, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, sometimes you just need to, uh, to sleep or eat and that will solve a lot of questions for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I discovered the, uh, I discovered the, um, the, the emotion of, of hanger, hanger with an H, um, you know, that my wife <laughs> very kindly pointed out to me that sometimes, uh, I'm not the most pleasant to be around just because I haven't eaten yet. And that's, that actually yeah. is the root of the problem. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, so 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 true. So what you're you're distinguishing there, Joe, in a healthy way, is that there's there's a biological component to uh, our emotional world, which generally generally it's referenced as our feelings, right? Hunger, thirst, and then you have kind of a a more psychosomatic reality, the psychological side with sadness, uh, with anger, with joy. Those those are more experientially driven rather than bodily driven. I don't want to get into definitions, but you're you're referring to both. I mean, in that thing, in that sense, the biological both have very clear influences in our general behavior and and learning, like you said, knowing okay, I'm a little bit irritated right now because I haven't had my lunch or whatever, you know, rather than making it more than it should be. I think that's very true. So good, you know, what I was thinking we could do is take these last minutes and have, as we've done in the past, maybe wrap up with. A resolution, what each of us might take away from this discussion on the emotional world, some of its prejudices, some of the battles you might have in uh, in acting uh, upon them in the right uh, way, things like that. Um, so, maybe, Sarah, I don't know, you want to go first? What are, you, what are some of your takeaways from just this uh, conversation um, today? Yeah, I think I really took away that 
there is a healthy way to respond to our emotions and that um, our emotions, yeah, are neutral, but we can use them to make good decisions in our lives um, and to improve our relationships with others as well. Um, and I think what I'm going to try to do this upcoming next week or so is just pay greater attention to my emotions. Um, and I'm going to try when I do my exam and prayer each night just to, yeah, more intentionally hone in on, on what emotions I felt that day and what was causing them. And, and also if I responded just, yeah, looking to see if I responded in a healthy way to those emotions. Excellent. Excellent. One thing I want to just add to that, Sarah, beautiful, um, is I just think, you know, um, the whole idea of, of having a prayer life of setting aside time to be open to God and the workings of God in your life do so often help us figure these things out, right? We just need more mental reflection time, soul time with God. And, uh, it helps us in our self-knowledge, our self-awareness, our self-improvement. Um, it's so, so critical. So that's a beautiful, beautiful takeaway. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I think uh, something I've been doing a little bit more recently that I want to continue to pay uh, special attention to is actually um, basically when I'm when I'm coming home from work to try to turn off uh, the radio or my, my podcast and music just just for the last like five or 10 minutes before I get home. I have a slightly longer commute here in Atlanta um, because it really helps me to actually catch up with myself if that makes sense, um, right. My mind is, is, you know, in another place after work and I might be, you know, a little tired or hungry or feeling this or that way from the, the meetings that I've had or something. And to just take a little mental inventory of how I'm, how I'm feeling and, and why, um, before I get home mm-hmm. so that I can be more truly present. Um, when I, when I get back, uh, to see my wife and I can be just a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, kind of in touch with myself so that I can then, you know, give to her. Yeah, so so true. Joe I was talking to a friend of mine recently. He's married himself, and he he unfortunately takes a lot of calls in the car, right? So he gets home, and uh, what he does is he sits in his driveway. He knows, like you just said, he needs mental downtime to prepare himself well for his his family, and it's not fair to go rushing from one thing to another and not really. Um, be receptive to the other, which is love, right? Being receptive to the other. And he does that in his driveway. He just takes five minutes and kind of collects his thoughts. And, and so I think it's a, a tremendously wise point that, you know, you're beginning at the early stages of your marriage. Well done, brother. So um, keep up the good work. As regards to myself, you know, one of the things that that I've learned in my marriage work, and um, I just mention it now, is it is kind of like um, developing the capacity to explain how you're feeling in a given moment with people that you love the most. So for example, rather than um, accusing the other person or judging the other person, you start with yourself. So I, that what you just did or what you said made me feel this, right? Just identifying the emotion, positive or negative, right? 
Um, and being able to say it in a non-accusatory way, I just think that's so important um, for myself as a priest in my interactions with people, with my own community. I live with a group of priests and, and uh, being capable of identifying what that emotion is and, and not, not judging the other, but just this, this is what that situation made me feel like. You know, and sometimes I need to voice it to myself, kind of what Sarah's getting at is identifying that and why. And then, and in some cases I need to identify it to the other person. So they know my state of mind and my state of heart. I think those types of exercises, um, uh, uh, you know, I think more and more are being introduced kind of Sari, to your point, um, that we're getting better. I think everybody, and especially guys, men, at, at understanding it and, and, and just thinking through a little bit more of their internal world. And, and it's so healthy for relationships when you're, when you're equipped, when you're forming those habits, because when you don't have those habits, boy, you can leave a trail of blood in your relationships from, from different reactions that you might have. So I want to just thank uh, the two of you for, for joining us uh, today on this podcast and reflecting a little bit on uh, our emotional world and prejudices towards it. And, you know, some tips here and there on what we try to do to, um, you know, live it in a more harmonized way, head loving with your head and your heart, reclaiming love in its authentic, uh, its authentic way of being lived. Obviously an example of our Lord himself. Um, uh, so I thank you, the two of you and, and to our listeners for joining us and, um, thank you. We will keep, thank you. We'll keep you on our prayers and take care and God bless. End of episode five. Perfect. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Wired to Love podcast. We are diving into Father Martin Connor's book, Reclaiming Love, Connecting the Head and the Heart. Get your own copy on Amazon or any other major retailer. Our happiness depends on our reclaiming love and our relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Please consider supporting the work of Wired to Love by going to patreon.com slash wired to love. In episode six of Wired to Love, we'll be talking about chastity and its meaning. Join us next time. Love to hear from you. Send a voice note to Wired to Love by going to anchor.fm slash Wired to Love. Just click on the message icon or email us at reclaiminglovepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you tell us your first name and location. You may hear your question or comment in the next episode of Wired to Love. Thank you.